There's the volume. There's the volume. Wow. When it comes to recording, I feel like I have like a an alien voice. It's so weird. Does yours do that? An alien voice? Yeah, like it duplicates my voice. It's going to sound totally normal when it's oh, like... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's something with your like... The way my setup. microphone works or something. It's either your microphone or maybe it's... Uh, test, like test. Inter- interface interacting with GarageBand. Like maybe huh. GarageBand's like... Yeah, I mean it seems low of a yeah product. Yeah, like Focusrite is supposed to probably like it came with like a low version of Ableton, but I haven't like loaded on here. Mm. I should do that. I should really do that and like just practice Ableton. Um, yeah. But GarageBand, we thank you for being free. We are in the studio. Uh, it sounds so weird in my ears right now how it's recording. Studio. Okay, gained a little, or peaked a little bit. Peak, peak. Studio. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's the hot spot right there. I need a pop filter soon. <laughs> it's actually coming. It finally, like, I had ordered it back when I ordered the rest of this stuff. And the, um, pop filter just wasn't in stock and hasn't been for like three months and it keeps saying like like sending it keeps processing the order and then unprocessing it and then processing the order and so it's like always on my credit card like every other week or something it's on my like appear on your credit card statement and like remove it it says like pending here and then and then it like is no longer pending because they they probably have to go like do we have this he you put in the order do we have this no ah cancel that order it's just like an annoyance for them probably where'd you order it from uh, guitarcenter.com or musicians friend. I ordered mm. stuff from both. From both, yeah. I think it's guitarcenter.com. And I'm yeah. like, come on. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. But when that comes in, you're not going to you're not going to hear any of the gross at, at least from you. Huh? At, at least we won't hear your like mouth sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll still hear, hear my uh, oh, <laughs> you can hear that. That's so funny. Yeah, you, like, you I, couldn't hear me. Do I know. That. I just realized that you couldn't hear me doing that because <laughs> we both have headphones on and I can barely hear your normal speaking voice. <laughs> just kidding. I can hear you pretty fine. Do I speak quietly? No, I'm just saying with these things on, you know, what I mean? like they're like fully over the ear, deafening, it's noise canceling. <laughs> Yeah, like the active noise canceling ones. We're trying to hear each other. Oh yeah, the there. active <laughs> noise canceling. Oh, those are amazing. Those. Oh man, they make aren't those make, so amazing? Like the there's the Sony ones that are always on display in like Best Buy in the electronics. Yeah, you stage. have to try them every time. Yeah, you got to put it on every time, and every time it just like feel like you get disoriented. You're like, oh. have you seen the? There's have you seen the 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 like, uh, what is that called? What is that called? The tester, the tester center. There's a tester center, whatever, for, like, those headphones to, like, sample them out. And it, like, simulates airplane noise outside. Like, people walking around Best Buy hear, like, a, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, like, check this out, you know. So, and like, it, you go into, like, the little tester center and put on the headphones? You put, and you, yeah, you put on the, you put on the, um, the noise, the active noise canceling ones. Mm-hmm. And, like, you turn them on and it's, and you push the, sa- like, start. And it's, like, hello, welcome to Sony's noise canceling. This is an this is an airplane or like this is noise canceling off airplanes the airplane sound is going and you're like okay I can hear that with the music and then it's like and here's with the noise canceling on and it's just like wow just music I just hear pure music that's so crazy hmm. airplanes are like a big time you would use those yeah I think in my experience like airplane noise is just kind of a white noise that. Can yeah, you, you almost get, like, you, like you get it like it. lulls you to sleep in 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 a lot of ways. Oh, but but like, yeah. I, I think the tester center you should walk in and it's like here's what it's like with it off and it's like crying babies and dogs barking mm. and guns firing and then it has all of that in the background with the noise canceling on, like that's a oh yeah yeah I see what you're saying like where like would you, the, where would that happen though the, oh in like a coffee shop. Yeah, or just like the the, the big actual disturbances of noise, not just like the fan in the room, you know. Right. Well, I mean, like honestly, that sounds like that can disrupt certain frequencies in the music that you're listening to. Like if it's like a, if it's all dwelling in like this frequency, like that frequency is going to be muffled in the music somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think I think you get over it. You get I think accustomed the, to it. The market that they're mostly aiming at is 
like people traveling that don't want to be disturbed and want to mm. like escape the yeah you know it's it's not like a studio uh mixer you know some a mm. producer is sitting in a studio oh right yeah absolutely yeah of course and, and and there also is like a really loud fan in the studio yeah because it's like you got more problems than just your headphones with. if that's right, the it's case. like oh you got a really crappy studio <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow the ac just kicked on so speaking of ac kicking on that is the ac in the background here oh i can barely hear it i i can hear it, but I'm, I'm directly underneath it um yeah so let's um Let's talk about our microphones real quick. Like you've got your good microphone set up, and you you started to say talk about how because uh, this microphone that I'm using the Yeti Blue the first the first time we used it for anything it worked phenomenally, and it's oh yeah it's slowly become less and less phenomenal. Um, it's, oh yeah, well I don't even know about slowly. I feel like it worked like really overnight. well for the first it, like yeah you're four right recordings. It, it, like, overnight started it, like have one major issue or yeah multiple major issues explain so, what the how, how the microphone like settings work and what exactly went wrong yeah so it's got several different patterns it's got like an omnidirectional pattern a stereo pattern an interview pattern uh where it's like front and back of the microphone and then it's also got a um oh help me out what's the term what which oh the cardioid cardioid pattern, yeah pattern. oh yeah which is like has the potential to be a ridiculously diverse microphone. Yeah, exactly. So perfect for so many different like situations. But it it basically is stuck in being a stereo microphone now. So it's like all the other patterns. Um, stereo. Wait, what is that one? Is that like interview style? No, that's like the side by side, like more left, more right, but not much in the center. Even though I'll probably have mine. Ga- you know, when we actually edit this. More to one side anyway. More to one side anyway. Yeah. Um, where but, I, I mean, prefer to be using the cardioid. Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, a solo microphone use, user, like cardioid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and so... That's the one that's like heart-shaped, kind of. Right. And so, so like, not only is uh, each of those patterns, except for the stereo one, uh, not working, they're all, like... I don't know, gained out. I don't even know how to describe the cra- it. They're kind of crackly, right? Like, well, they're crackly. They, they. Here, let me just switch to one of them. Um, oh, I just adjusted the gain. Okay, there it is. And it's kind of difficult test, to switch. Test, test, test one, two. Which one is that? Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to say it. This one is the omnidirectional. Okay, omnidirectional. Test one, two. That one's cardioid, cardioid. I think. In, test, test. And then this is the inter- interview style, which the is like okay still. One. This one's actually still working. Oh. But it um, now we have a whole bunch of room noise because this is in an interview setup. Right, right. So let me which get, we, that was convenient when we were were still both recording on that. Yeah. Like even after the it, the other ones went out. Check. Test one two. Okay, so now I'm back to the uh stereo setup and you would think though that the figure eight would like utilize kind of a similar like method to car to uh what stereo does but like, well stereo is more focused I mean, not stereo i mean uh the interview one would would use like i mean interview stereo, and too. stereo you think would be similar is that what you're saying huh like you think interview and stereo would be similar? No, I think interview and cardioid, cardioid would kind of be similar on each side. Well, and so stereo's going going has two ears, right? One kind of going but, diagonal. Yeah, and both facing the front of the microphone. Right. And Where so interview you, so you is have like those the front side and the back angles. of the microphone. And then you also have the front angle of the interview. Both mm-hmm. of those work. So I'm wondering like cardioid would be like just combining those. Yeah. But it's like Yeah, Bruh. I think it it kind of would be. Or some, I mean, there's probably way more to yeah, the anatomy of a microphone than yeah. I realize. So, yeah, so there's that, and then there's the high-level hum, which I, I've done an okay job of being able to kind of pull out. So, like, a high-level just electronic hum has also appeared, where it's just this constant noise of, like, Oh, yeah, 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 kind of like a telegraph thing, or, like, you know that? that yeah, kind of, yeah. But, like, very, very high pitch. Yeah, and so... Um, I'm able to EQ a lot of that noise out. 
but mm. so but basically I've lost half of the functionality of of this microphone. Yeah. Um, Dang. So I don't know. I emailed I emailed Blue and um, the maker of the Yeti. I don't I don't think they they the person that responded to me I don't think fully understood um, what the issue was because um, she she thought that it might be noise from like the electronics in the room itself but i don't think that's the case like your computer yeah and so i but i don't think that's the case i think it more stems from something something else has failed in the microphone yeah. which is not allowing the other settings like to use and circuit. now it's got like a grounding loop or something mm-hmm. um in the microphone that's causing that noise yeah so we we bought this one at best buy um, I think what I'm going to do is just try to return it and exchange it at Best Buy. For another Blue Yeti? For another Blue Yeti, one that, that, that's working. Because we, we bought it less than six months ago. I know. I wonder if uh, – it's sad, but I wonder if there's a better microphone than a Blue Yeti that would just be yeah. like way more like – because now that we have two microphones, we don't need necessarily the all the functionality of that Yeti. Functionalities, yeah. yeah. And like surely – for the same price, you'd get probably a better quality cardioid. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. Specifically I don't know. cardioid. So I don't hopefully know. before the next podcast, that's something that we can figure out and follow up on. Yeah, for real. Oh, my goodness. Intro. We we for, we forgot to do that last episode, I think. What intro? Like introducing ourselves. <laughs> oh, I don't think we need to introduce oh, okay. ourselves yeah. every episode. I don't know. Do we? I don't know. I don't know. Most of these style podcasts don't you don't interview your, or introduce yourself every oh, okay. episode, or even like say that we're the talking duo, a talking duo. No, I mean that's 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 in the, that's name, of the, the name of the podcast. I think I, th- I think if they're listening to it, that that's a good point. Dang, yeah, you're right. So follow up from the last podcast where we talked about the oscars without having seen most of the oscar movies um, yeah we went and saw one of the movies yes spotlight spotlight the best picture winner best picture winner we figured if if we were going to see one of the movies that we hadn't seen of the oscars we better start with the one that won best picture yeah well and that was I, that was the I, I feel like it was kind of it got a second wave second wind in theaters because while while theaters mostly were showing like movies that had just come out or movies that were like what like where I don't want to see that you know or something like that but like Spotlight was the one that was like still in th- theaters mm-hmm. unless it had come out more recently but no we saw it in like February like after the Oscars which is a great deal of time after the window when it would have come out right yeah I think that's pretty typical for Oscar movies um mm. ones that do particularly well in the award season mm. will get extended runs in the theaters because they anticipate people like us yeah go going and seeing yeah, them pretty much after that. after missing in the like a lot of times they'll pull it back to to maybe only a few showings and then they'll push it back out for, for more showings oh okay yeah yeah so, that's why that's how we got to see it let's Let's talk about what we yeah yeah. About. So what, what what were your thoughts on on Spotlight? Okay, I we did share a bunch immediately after seeing it, but I will just I will just say my speak my mind again. Um, so I loved the the like boldness of the content of like the the writing, the mm-hmm. idea, the concept. It's like wow, that is something that is so valuable for. Audiences everywhere. Do you want to kind of recap what what it's about? Just oh yeah, um, basically around the, around what was it two thousand one? Yeah, like uh, early early two thousands before two thousand one is is when it all starts. Yeah, it's uh it came to light that uh, Catholic priests had been uh, or at least there there were a few. It started out like a few incidents of Catholic priests um, molesting children and. That came to the light for this for the uh, Boston Globe, some like a a special unit of writers at the Boston Globe who cover big big time stories, um, and this story had had slowly 
had slowly escalated to, we can't not cover this. This is such a huge deal because as they began to investigate, you know, based off of small, like small, like, uh, small leads, uh, they soon began to discover that, wow, this is a way bigger thing than anybody knows about. And it is our journalistic duty to cover it. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. So so basically the Boston Globe got a new, like, editor-in-chief. Um, and there, there was a story... Uh, that was kind of in process about one priest in particular and this um, you know outsider that was brought in as editor-in-chief was like okay so where are we at on this story and everybody was like well what do you mean there's like that's it like that's the whole story and so that that person um, played I forget the character's name but he played by um, I know I Oh man, uh, Lee Schreiber. Schreiber. Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jinx. Um, I feel like that's weird how that works. Like, mm-hmm. they, like when when two people are grasping at something, it the spark often ignites at the same time. Yeah, no, that's I think that's <laughs> completely accurate. It's so interesting. And there's like this this like mind block that's like in the room, that's yeah, preventing exactly. everybody from being able to <laughs> think of it, and then it it like breaks all the yeah, same time. Yeah, for real. Like, we're both thinking about it the same amount of time that we need. <laughs> yeah. W- were you trying to think of him in X-Men to try to remember? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what else? Um, he was... Oh, yeah. Sabretooth. Sabretooth in X-Men. In X- er, yeah, Sabretooth in X-Men. Yeah. yeah, in the Wolverine one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he's the edit- he's the new editor-in-chief mm-hmm. at and, the Boston Globe. And so, um, just getting that outside perspective coming in and him pushing them to look more into this and then them coming to the realization themselves of like, holy crap, this is a significantly larger story than just one isolated event. Yeah. And really um, exposing in a big way the the actions of the Catholic Church um, that led this to being able to continue to happen for so many years. Yeah, and a huge, a huge uh, conflict supplementing the need to get this story out in time was also the fact that they had been told about this story happening for years. Like, what was it, like 10 years ten years prior when this team, the Spotlight team, the name of this special unit of writers, had, uh, like, or, like, when they had all still been there, they had received something like 10 years ago, a lead on this same story, but had like brushed it like right. aside. And so they now have this like, like obligation in that, in, you know, in that light mm-hmm. to yeah, like I, write that wrong kind of. Right. I think one of the, one of the big themes in, in the stories that like, uh, you know, none of these things were happening in isolation and everybody kind of overlooked all of the different signs like that, that for like 30 years there had been like rumors and, and beliefs that, that this was a much larger thing than everybody thought it was. And, and it turned out that, that they even had people reaching out to the Boston globe years before yeah, trying to get them to look more into this. And, like and they themselves documents, leads that had been sent to emails. Mm-hmm, they they that, themselves yeah. didn't, didn't, see at the time the scope of of what they were looking at yeah and like yeah the movie was like one like wow after another like as they found out the weight of this issue it's like yeah wow oh my goodness there and are like it several was compounded moments. by um one of the things that i think the movie did a really good job of of like not condemning religious belief based off of the actions of the few. And, yes, and, I agree. And and really examining it for what it is is just completely wrong, right? And and, and them and them having to deal with it in a city like Boston um, that is so heavily Catholic to begin with, 
and trying to trying to get everybody to focus on this being wrong d- despite you know any attempts to protect the church the catholic church right. at large saying you know this 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 is wrong period right. and there was no like yeah, I, I loved that there was no ulterior motives to like maybe slander the church or anything. Like that wasn't the point. Because it very easily could have been right. Yeah, because because you know the the, the the that story itself makes the Catholic Church a very easy target. Yeah, and and it was in in like and and they did do in, the Catholic Church systematically did do terrible things to allow that to continue and to per, yeah. you know, perpetuate and still it was it was handled tastefully yeah the issue no matter like yeah exactly the the catholic church could have been an easy target and it was in the media like mm-hmm. around that time you saw like shows mocking you know i don't know all kinds of stuff like that well in mark ruffle's character he talks about how as he called himself a lapsed Catholic, but as a lapsed Catholic, how he was so hurt by their continual discovery of this because he held at in some spot of his heart and his mind the idea that one day he would return back to his childhood faith. Right, he and, held and, out and, a and how of and how the Catholic Church doing what they did and acting in the way that they do had kind of destroyed that for him. Yeah, it let him down on a soul level. Yeah. He was highly, highly discouraged from... Yeah, and it, yeah, it was, just, it was really interesting. Yeah. So o- overall, um, man, I, th- I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. For what, it, for what it sought to do, I loved it so much. There was just a, a little thing that I was I like had a I had a little groaning at the end of watching the movie, a little groaning for more. Um and what that what that was was seeing a little bit more of the why of why the story why they like I wanted to know why the the journalists wanted to write the story. Other than the fact that this is just a big story and it needs to be brought to atten- to the attention of of readers. I, you got a little bit of that with Mark Ruffalo. Um, when he was, he was expressing his like discouragement from, from, uh, like from having, maintaining hope in the church. But I, and, and he also, he, he seemed like the most passionate, I feel like out of all the, the, the writers. I mean, they all had, they all like had a drive to get the story out. But Mark Ruffalo did seem to have a drive it like in his heart that like welled up and he was like, I cannot like we need to get this story out. We can't let this happen ever again. Mm-hmm. And I liked that a lot. But maybe yeah. I, I don't know. Like if I could pick anything that I that I was that the movie left me wanting more of, it would just probably be more expression of like why the writers like on a deeper level want, want to write this story. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you you have yeah yeah uh, we we talked about that a little bit afterwards because I I didn't really and still don't really like fully understand your uh, what the question that you're asking you know, yeah I, and and because because I think um, you know them them as journalists seeking to um, un uncover the truth even even something that is so potentially uh culture changing for their readership for the for the people of boston who would read the boston globe um who are so um predominant predominantly catholic yeah um just the the desire for truth to be revealed um is you know, a powerful motivator. Right. Yeah. That, that really was pretty much all the movie wanted to, and all the movie really needed to express was just the fact that there, there's a, 
journalistic obligation to to bring this truth to light and yeah just purely in the name of truth you know mm-hmm. people need to know this and that's you know that's that's good enough for me i like that yeah i just you know like i'm a bit more of uh like i don't know i feel like i we were talking about this last night where you were saying that you often take in like so before having before processing emotions they're filtered through uh through a filter of rationality and stuff or even like overcome by emotions i feel like i'm almost seeing myself in a third person okay yeah like through my rational mind of like examining myself reacting emotionally right okay yeah whereas i feel like i'm the i might operate the opposite way Mm -hmm. where i might feel the emotions and then have that that self-observational uh phase Mm. a little bit after that you know so that's that could be a lot of the pull for me to like i want to i want to see more more like emotions from the from the characters you know Mm -hmm. but but yeah then like after thinking about like hearing hearing like how what you said about how the it's just like the truth getting out there is Mm -hmm. really all that like all the motivation they need because it's such a big deal yeah yeah um man Mike, michael keaton in this movie um so good like all of the actors so good but oh yeah just like michael keaton's career in the last i know two years we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast but man has he like his second best re- picture re- appearance yeah second best picture in, a, in, a in row. two years yeah yeah and man he's just like really revived his career to to be like a serious actor that you want in movies again like yeah absolutely what what cuz he, he was more of like a rom-com actor and then he was in he was like always Batman. like a, a dad figure yeah or or something you know but then he yeah so like do you think it was like purely casting directors i i always wonder wonder things like that like what led to this spike in his career yeah i don't i don't i don't really know maybe just re- relationships with i think he was one of the executive producers on spotlight mm, as well mm. so um you know but would would he have gotten that if he didn't wasn't also involved in birdman last year or was there one thing that happened before both the that led to both of those opportunities i don't really know yeah. i don't know what that looks like he did so well yeah I, i'm feeling that oh you're not using your your oh my coaster. coaster! Oh yeah, we need to talk about those. Yeah. Okay. What, what's your coaster today? Okay. Well, my drink has been in a cup holder, but and it's empty cu- now. I had a coaster all along that uh, is a movie. They're both movies, and my coaster was the Hunger Games trilogy. Well, the actually, Blu-ray minus set Mockingjay of, Part Two. Yeah, I still haven't seen Mockingjay Part Two. I don't think I have either. I've seen all of those. Those three: Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part One. Uh, yeah, I saw all of, the, all of those as well. I read the first book and a little bit of the second one, and I think my interest was um, was kind of followed that as I watched the movies. I was like, mm. yes, into the first Hunger Games, and yes, co- pretty much into Catching Fire, and then Mockingjay Part One. I was like, I <laughs> I don't know enough. I'm, I'm not invested enough. I don't know. Oh yeah. Anyway, just kind of tarried off. Yeah. What's your coaster? My coaster is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Nice. I haven't seen that. Also on Blu ray. You haven't seen that one? No. That one is like one of my favorite ones of all the Marvel movies. Marvel movies. Wow. Yeah. I know that like it they all are tied together. Mm -hmm. You know, especially now now with like the Avengers two and yeah, no, I think th- this one was um, especially intense and gritty. Um, there's something about Captain America that is, like, w- w- extremely appealing to me um, beyond other superheroes. Uh, like, the origin of Captain America and, oh, yeah. um, you know, like, his superpower is almost more in his heart and who he is than yeah. his abilities and his abilities were given to him because of 
his character. Yes. And there's something very appealing about that. Yeah, um, I feel like the character uh, that, well, the actor who portrayed the scientist in the first one, what is his name? He's so good. Like the little German guy? Yeah. He's, the, he's, the, it's also like the bad guy? No. No, it was the one who recognized his heart. He, he's in he's in The Hunger Games and... Uh, oh, Stanley Tucci? Yeah, Stanley Tucci. Oh, I love Stanley yeah. Tucci. And he, I feel like he's, he's always... so good. Yeah, he's so good. And he always plays like... I mean, usually, like, I really love him when he's playing, like, noble characters. Mm-hmm. Like, with an eye for, like, an, a certain attention to detail, like in Captain America. Yeah, Stanley Tucci yeah. was in Spotlight. Yeah, yep. It, he was the, the lawyer, and he was so good yeah. in that role, like... He's very good at, like, paternal roles, like, doing that paternal thing. Like, in uh, in The Devil Wears Prada, I'm also thinking. he was. I haven't seen Devil Wears Prada. Oh, it's pretty good. It's good. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, like, kind of the, the like, I don't know. But he has a kind of paternal role in that. Yeah. No, yeah, Stanley Tucci has been one of, like, I feel like him and Paul Giamatti are similar, very similar actors in the way that they are just consistently phenomenal in their roles. I know. They and take they, it they so ne- seriously. They almost never have, like, the leading role. But right. all of the roles that they do have, are they just they blow out of the water. They do so, so well. Mm. I think he was in The Lovely Bones, Stanley Tucci. and I He think was that in was... Julie and Julia. He was Julia Child's husband in Julie and Julia. Oh, wow. And I remember watching that and going, all three of these actors are just phenomenal in this movie. (laughs) I saw Julia and Julia in theaters. Oh, yeah. Dang. Okay, cool. So, um, what do you, what else you got? Um, so we also saw another movie. Um, two, after not seeing very many movies and not being able to discuss movies intelligently, we saw two movies in rapid succession. Yeah. Um, so the other movie we saw was Deadpool. You actually saw it for the second time. Yeah. We saw it with our friend Nathan, who was also seen it for the second time. And, uh, I saw it for the first time. And so before we talk about, about it going into the movie, I'd heard so many people talk about just how over-the-top, gratuitous, raunchy, unbelievably filthy this movie yeah, was. which was the point. And, well, but, like, I had heard that so much from so many different people that my expectations of it, and maybe my expectations of it were already that, because I've, I've read Deadpool comics before. I, I read the, the comic series where he goes through uh, famous literary works like Moby Dick oh. and just kills everybody oh, in, that's so funny. in all of the famous literary works uh, that, that that's they so go funny, into. Yes. Like, that's a whole series for him. He's just so meta. He yeah. just bounces around. Well, that, that's the whole point. Logic. It's like, he's like, like the voice of the writers are like apart from the writers. He constantly is like killing the writing staff and comic books and stuff. Like, uh, so, so my expectation was like, yeah, that's what Deadpool is going to be. And then when everybody was saying how just, insanely over the top it was my expectations for it um from like a amazingly inappropriate standpoint were just like elevated and oh, so yeah. when i saw it i was actually like wow that was a remarkably clean movie yeah yeah <laughs> like like i expected way worse from, yeah I from what, it, what, it, what it was it still was a marvel movie you know yeah still it at heart it was like <laughs> i mean yeah there was some like Kind of like pretty gruesome deaths, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've seen worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily in movies. Yeah, yeah and there there was some some raunchiness and some crude jokes, but that was. I yeah. mean, maybe we're just utterly desensitized. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's like the first like when I snuck into Superbad when oh, it yeah. came out in theaters, and I was like sixteen and nine months, like mm-hmm. almost old enough to oh, yeah. buy a ticket to see Superbad. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, like they can say this stuff yeah, in movies? Like some big like, time filth that was so the, the, funny. That, that was like, I think that was the same year The Departed came out and I snuck into The Departed too. Oh wow. And it was like those two movies that year, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. One movie can say an amazing amount of F words in it. Yeah, like, And real. then the other movie can just be 
like super raunchy. And, yeah, and like and both of them the, yeah. good movies. Like yeah, like objectively good movies. Yep, good acting, good writing, clever. Um, a lot of good, what made super bad that like like surprisingly raunchy or whatever it was because it was from the point of view of children. Well, high schoolers, know? but it was like remarkably accurate to the conversations that you hear high schoolers having in high yeah. school. Yeah, for like, real. Rem- like, like, uh, it, who, who wrote that? It's like Seth Rogen and his, his like best friend. Right. And that's why I thought, um, uh, Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow had a part to play in it. I, th- I think, I think it was like a, a trio of Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen and, and, and like, an- and another guy named Evan. And that's why the main characters are Seth oh, and Evan. Yep. Because it's like based off of them in high school, mm-hmm. and um, like they they did a remarkably accurate job of remembering the types yeah. of dumb conversations you have in high school, yeah. and you hear people have in high school, and you're just like, oh man, like wow, and the outrageous creative wit that like those two friends had to have just been operating with for so you yeah. know from such a young age, yeah. Well, and, and even like the party scenes in Superbad are like. Like not the way parties are typically um, portrayed. In portrayed movies. Yeah, in movies, for real. they're usually depicted as like what was way more what, glamorized. Was that but like Party X or do you remember? Oh yeah, Project X. Project X. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either. But I just remember seeing the commercials and it's like helicopters and like a thousand people and like, yeah, and like really sexy. Yeah, and like <laughs> like funny like crazy things are happening all the time. It did super stuff. bad. It's just like this is it's just like a dumb high school. Yeah, and it's party. messy. It's like, like, yeah. Randos are there, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, it, and like, everybody's just kind of like awkward and, yep. and they all kind of like each other and like, they yep. don't know how to express anything. And yeah. like, it's like just remarkably accurate to yeah. how life actually is. Yeah. Like, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, but yeah. Oh, so Deadpool. back to, yeah, Deadpool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought Ryan Reynolds um, did a good job. I loved all of the things that they, like the opening credit sequence where it's just poking fun at like everybody that worked on, oh, yeah. on the, the movie. There were no names it's, of people no, at the beginning. <laughs> Which I wonder if they got fined for that. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I'm sure um, they probably just bit the bullet with a lot of things yeah, like that. It that to- could be. totally worth it too. Yeah, because, but, it, I mean, it it's, has to, they have to stay true to the story, to the character, to yeah. the concept. Yeah. yeah, even poking fun at Ryan Reynolds. And, yeah, and with the Green Lantern the stuff. Green Lantern There's a few stuff. times when they yeah. little comments about the Green Lantern, like, <laughs> like okay, what about a suit? Okay, as long as it's not green, like or animated, or animated. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, which his eyes were a little animated too, though, like on the suit in Deadpool, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, I, well, the suit was animated oftentimes too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was really cool. Another thing that I really um, liked too was like oh I got all burpy. We sh- we should really stop drinking soda while recording this. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I think all of the actors too. Like it was almost like nobody took it s- too seriously, but in a good way. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. like from the top down, like every all of all of the actors, all of the roles, it it was just it was it was definitely an action packed superhero movie, but yeah. it was also just like super funny. Well, a lot of the Deadpool side of things was what you like all the actors. I mean, all the characters that were on on Deadpool side were very like tongue in cheek and silly mm-hmm. and stuff. like the bartender. Yeah, yeah, and the old lady and stuff. Oh, yeah. But like the villain, I feel like the dark side of the movie was, mm. did kind of take itself yeah. seriously. Okay, yeah, and maybe that's that's like the contrast that you want in that type yeah. of movie. Yeah, exactly. Because like you you you, you yeah. want people to think how funny it is, how seriously the bad guys take it. Well, and the like we we're supposed to relate to the good side, mm-hmm. and if the bad side is like, equally relatable. I think that would just create a tension or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sticking in theme with with Deadpool, like not taking – like knowing that it is a movie 
allows you to poke fun at the bad guys for taking it so seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for real. Because de- we're we're right there with Deadpool not taking them seriously. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We t- You talk about yeah. kind of your thoughts from Deadpool. Deadpool as a movie, as a comedy, as a superhero movie – I yeah, I liked it. It was it did every it did all the things all the things that I want to see in a movie like that. But as far as the content and the movie, like as a relatable p- piece of art, <laughs> I guess. Which I mean, like who knows if that it was even meant to be like absorbed that way. But I just found it lacking in a ton of relatability. Um, with like I couldn't I really couldn't get behind Deadpool's cause. I never could. Even at the end, when when you know the good guy wins, spoiler alert. Um, well, I good guy in quotation marks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the semi good guy. What is what is good? I don't know. Um, he so so basically it was um, a knight in shining armor rescuing the princess kind of situation. His his lover had been taken by the bad guys, and he. And Deadpool went, went on a bloodthirsty mission to just rescue her mm-hmm. and stuff because, you know, all for love. But I didn't find the his motivation, even like in that in that in the love that he had for her, super relatable because mm. all, all all the I mean this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler, but all of the situations, all the scenes of them like being in love and the montage of their of their like relationship before all the Deadpool stuff happens. Um, it was, it primarily consisted of sex. It was all right, it sex. Was, and it was like wit and, and sex physical yeah. relationship. Like, like, a t- yeah, just connected on a witty level. Yeah. The humor level. Yeah. And, and it just seemed very shallow of a relationship yeah. for me. I, I didn't feel like, I mean, you still get the get the gist that they're in love and they cry about each other and stuff like that. But I I was always like, what like where what are these what are the deep feeling? You know, I I could just be like <laughs> hungry for all of this, but just the the deep connection stuff, I didn't I but that's that's okay. The deep connection stuff. Yeah. It maybe it didn't belong in Deadpool. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe but even when he when he rescued her, they were just like back at it again with the with the sex stuff, you know, with the like mm-hmm. which I mean like I'm not just trying to be like a weird prude, obviously, but I'm just thinking that um I know that there's more to relationships right. and more to love than that, and it just that seemed to just take the front seat. Yeah, but I mean even I don't know. I th- I think most depictions of love in Hollywood, Hollywood has a very difficult time depicting love outside of a physical relationship. Yeah, that's true oftentimes. I mean, the the really really good movies that I know this wasn't an Oscar contender, but like Oscar stuff, those do some real human stuff with love. Like um ooh, same same kind of like the way that love I don't know, I'm thinking of like Master of None, the show with on Netflix with Aziz Ansari yeah, no. and how that like Definitely. love in that one was also really physical, but maybe a little bit more relatable also. Yeah. That yeah. show, that shows very relatable. Yeah. Man, I love that. I don't show. know why I just went to that. I mean, it's a great well, show. Speaking of Netflix original series and Marvel movies, uh, daredevil season oh, two yeah. comes out this Friday. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I only saw like the first couple episodes of daredevil. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's really yeah. good. I'm just, I've just never been a very good binge watcher. Like, that's, that's my life, man. Dang. Binge watching. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've started several, several TV shows together mm-hmm. that then I just get sick of waiting on you and yeah. I just watch them myself. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the ones that I do love, like I love them. I love those. Like last man on earth. We saw that last night. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> That movie is, or that show is so good. It is. It, it It is written unlike any other TV show that I can think of. Oh, yeah. And it's it's hard to really put my finger on the, the choices that they make as a writing crew mm-hmm. that shape it differently from other television shows. 
but there's just like a constant like not in your stomach while watching it where you're just like yeah. oh come on like, a lot of cringe and and i think it's like all of the characters okay so okay we've discussed this before but i think this is a good topic on the podcast last man on earth it starts out physically like as a description of the the title last man on earth of the title of the tv show is like a right. physical description one guy of of phil phil miller literally he's like alone and believes he's the last man on earth then through the rest of season one oh yeah it, it, as as all of these new characters are being introduced spoiler alert alert he's not the last man literally on earth yeah but but as all these people enter his life and he finds himself living in community with these people all of his continued actions through season one are continually isolating him from the pack from, yep. from the pack effectively making him the last like the last man on earth or or like making him the at least the yeah. loneliest man on earth yeah he's like hated by, by mm-hmm. them because he's just an idiot yeah and so it like shifts into him self-isolating himself and then it first season ends it kind and, of departs from that as he's like trying to seek growth and, and stuff. Yeah, and he tries to, he does change from the first season to the second season, and now in the second season, uh, it's like all of the actions of everybody else in the community, at different points in times, are isolating themselves from the community. Yeah, and so oh, I think yeah. I think, I you know I don't know if Will Forte intended this. I like to think he did, but it's. It starts out about physical isolation and loneliness, but then it it really delves into the ways in which humans isolate themselves from others by not uh, living effectively in community, not being um, genuine or – what's the word I'm looking for? Authentic. Authentic. um, Oh, there's another word. It's on the tip of my tongue. Tip of the – tip of the tongue of the teeth so it's he like this lacking this would would it's i say like, you from community like genuine authentic those words almost are the words that i want but they are not the word that honest I'm looking for honest is part of it um vulnerable vul- vulnerability yes the the inability for these characters to continually be genuine and vulnerable with, with each other. With, with yeah, each other. imagine a community like that. The last community on earth, as far as they know. Mm-hmm. And how, like... And, and they continually isolate themselves in situations. They take it for the, granted. That those situations could be avoided if they all were more honest and, mm-hmm. and vulnerable with one another. Yep. But because, yeah. because even though they are potentially the last community of people on earth, they... Um, oh, it just fell out of my mind. Even though they're the last, p- potentially the last community on Earth, the them as as people are still the same as people when there was a bunch of people on Earth. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. They've maintained like their their, their, their personhood. Yeah. Their their personhood hasn't changed, and, and it, like a lot of times in post apocalyptic. Television shows and movies, yep. Like everybody changes overnight and is everybody functioning under this, this new reality and filling their new roles. But but the reality is like the world may have basically ended and almost nobody is left. But they're still very much like humans, like yeah. normal humans. Like they, they're the way that they interact with one another hasn't changed much. Like. Their desires and insecurities hasn't changed much. Their inability right. to interact well with people and conflict resolution hasn't changed much. And I think that's what is really a shining torch for this show. Yeah, is is almost examining how even in the the most drastic of circumstances, uh, humans don't change a whole lot from how humans are wired. Right. Well, and it, it also highlights the the need for change, how necessary mm. it is for mm. us to constantly be changing and growing and adapting. Yeah, and you you you're seeing 
a lack of that happening a lot of times. And that's where the conflicts arise Yeah, in Last Man on Earth when they're just trying to cling to their former self. Mm-hmm. And they're just like resisting change and growth. But then, yeah, but then you do cheer for them when they go through moments of catharsis. or Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. Oh, Last Man on Earth. It's so good. <laughs> what else? What else you got? Um, man, I don't know. Uh, what else? I, w- I want to start a, um, uh, like a video to duo or talking duo subreddit on Reddit. And yeah, I'll go ahead and, and just assume that r slash a talking duo is available and jump on that jump on that so i'll I'll post a link to the show um on that subreddit and and hopefully if uh yeah if anybody is listening like like we can discuss the things that we talked about on the show there like yeah well even even a meta level of like are we doing this well like (laughs) give us feedback yeah for real yeah yeah i I mean i'm I'm sure the, the feedback will come solicited or not right but, yeah <laughs> but just it's welcomed yeah, yeah yeah definitely um but but even more so like like these are things that we oh, obviously yeah. like talking about yes. so if anybody wants to talk about these further we would love to continue or more things like this them. yeah yeah so so yeah r slash a talking duo reddit slash r slash a talking duo yeah and the link will be in the show description and uh that's where we will post all of these uh on reddit because reddit obviously has like the best best know, forum based discussion of like any any website yeah of books like reddit or youtube or tumblr or like in, anything else where you can interact with people online mm-hmm. reddit is like clearly the easy it seems the, to be the, the visually most pleasing yeah to well, very very honest conversation it seems Remarkably honest. Well, yeah. Well, and I think an- the anonymity of Reddit allows people to be honest as well. Oh, yeah, true. So I think that that's definitely a big factor playing into it. But, yeah. Yeah. So so stay tuned for that one. And uh, I, I think that that's it for today. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to follow up real quick. I... Follow up is always great on the very end of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think three episodes in, I think it's time to retire a segment. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I've kind of become disenchanted with our uh, appropriating a catchphrase at the end of the, the oh, podcast. Oh yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I don't really like it. I kind of like it when when the podcast is going and talking and, and they're discussing things and they're going back and forth. And then the podcast just kind of ends. Yeah, I agree. It's a great idea. I'll probably end it after you said agree. Cool. Or after I told you that I ended it after you said agree. Nice. Or after I respond to you saying, I'll probably end it after you, after you said, I agree. <laughs> and then I say, I'll probably end it after I say, I'll end it after you agree. Cool. (laughs) No, that's weird.